0: So I watched The Boogeyman. Oh, how was it? I liked it. Yeah? I liked it quite a bit. It Uh was fucking scary. Really? It was Mm -hmm. scary. Um, Does it
1: do the Stephen King thing where the ending sucks?
0: No, I enjoyed how it ended,
1: actually. Well, I know it's just like a like A really short story. I think the audiobook version of it's like 30 minutes. Yeah.
0: So. It, I've never been a part of the short story, mm-hmm. but the movie's directed by Rob Savage, the guy that did um, Host during the pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, that Zoom movie. Oh, yeah I, yeah. I think it's the same guy. And he, I think it's called Host. I hope I got all that right. <laughs> but um, the movie's very well directed, mm-hmm. very well helmed. The script I had some problems with, and there's one character in the movie that could be completely removed from the story. And I think it, it... No effect on it. Yeah, I mean, other than they do a plot thing with this character that the main character learns from, but mm-hmm. you could easily have rewritten how that gets learned. Mm-hmm. But, like... Is it a bad performance? or No, is it just the no, no, no. The, like, the, character, is the, character the character was aggravating. And it's okay. just, like, every time the story would go to this character, I'm like, all right, like, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. And I thought that the relationship with the family in the movie really worked, but they... Didn't know how to balance the screen time between everyone. It felt like right as I was starting to get into someone's character, they would go to the next person. But overall, I bought all the performances. I bought the family dynamic within itself. Mm -hmm. And I think young Leia is the actress in the movie from the Obi-Wan series. I'm not sure. I really don't know much about I think it's her. I'd have to to look. I think it's her, but she did a really good job. I enjoyed the movie. I liked it i have yeah. to check it out. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't bad. It wasn't It'll bad. probably
1: make some money if it's like the only horror movie
0: out right now. Yeah, well, it won't do terrible. Yeah. It won't do terrible. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be a streaming release, so any money is good for that. <laughs> it's fair. Anything is profit. Yeah. Not profit, but... Yeah, I know what you mean. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah it's, yeah, it's still more money than zero, which is what it would have made on streaming. Mm-hmm. Yep. But uh, anyway, guys, we have a really awesome show for you guys today. How it's going to work. Uh, we have a movie news section of our show where we have one main topic that we take a deep dive into and discuss, mm-hmm. then we have... The B-roll, which is just some news headlines that we briefly talk about because we still want to bring it to you guys even though we don't have time to do a full deep dive. Then we'll dive into the box office and then we will end the show there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the big story I want to talk about today um, has recently come about over the past few days and it's about the idea of censorship. Specifically, censorship of movies and TV and that sort of thing. And it also, um, at the end of it, The bow ribbon on top is uh, physical media for life. (laughs) So um, the movie The French Connection living came out in 1971, I want to say, directed by William Frington, the same person that directed uh, The Exorcist. Double check. Uh, It was a Best Picture winner, and it was a classic movie for a very, very long time starring Gene Hackman, Roy Schneider. It's a great film. 71. Aha, good. I got it right. It's a great film. Gene Hackman was Lex Luthor, right? I'm Cor- the same. Correct. Yeah. Yes.
1: He's good in *Royal Tenenbaums*. Wes Anderson. Yes. yes.
0: This film, um, you know, eventually, as most films do, got onto streaming services, got onto streaming platforms, whether it be for purchase, PVOD, or just streaming VOD on streaming service. Um, some people have recently noticed that there's a four-second section of the movie that's been removed or a five-second section, something like that. A brief section of the movie's been completely edited out, not even blurred, just an gone. awkward cut, just, boop, gone. And people were like, that's weird. Like, the streaming version of that is... And then it basically got discovered, oh, well, I bought it on iTunes 10 years ago. I must have the original version of the movie. You don't, because the dig- when you buy a digital purchase... They have the right to switch out the version of it that you own. Mm -hmm. And so people who bought the movie years ago have gone back to discover that it's now the edited version. And the big one, the reason that it even caused a ruckus in the first place, is the Criterion streaming channel. Mm -hmm. Criterion, for those of you that don't know, are dedicated to not only classic film, but just like film preservation is a big reason for their existence. The Criterion channel. Has the edited version of the film on it with no disclaimer, mm. and that pissed off a lot of hardcore film fans, film conservationists, that kind of group of people, us, and basically when we reached out to the Criterion, not, not not many people could get statements, but a person who is also in the movie YouTube space named Robert Beyer, Robert Meyer Burnett, who you might know from John Campia and Christian Harloff's the big thing, he and his own channel Rob Observations, he. Got a quote back Mm -hmm. That Dan Merle also played on his YouTube channel Dan Merle's made a great video about this by the way If you want to watch it it's great And uh, this is the quote that Criterion Had gotten back to Robert Meyer Burnett We do not censor any content presented on Criterion channel Though in some instances we include A content warning in the description Of select films We also frequently present films in director's cuts And other alternate versions as their markers And or licensors may require The French Connection is a 20th century Fox film title that we have under license from Disney. It's current owners. This is the only version that has ever been available to us for streaming. The question you raise has come up when we have played the film in the past. And according to our licensor, this is a quote director's edit of the film. Here's the issue. William Frankton, who is still alive and still very active Mm -hmm. on social media, has not said a word about this. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a single thing from him. And he's very outspoken when it comes to things like this. Nothing. Silence. Like a Ridley Scott level of outspoken? Yeah, kind of, yes. Okay. And watch. this. We record this on Sunday. The show posts on Tuesday. Fucking Monday, there's going to be a quote. If there's an update quote on Monday, I will put it in the description of the video. Mm-hmm. So now people are just kind of going on like, why, why would Disney do this because we've seen them do it before with Star Wars with my clunky, Mm -hmm. and we're going to get into Star Wars in a bit in regards to director's edits and things like that and basically it kind of dove into the debate of censorship and is censorship ever okay when is it okay why is it happening and some of you may be thinking well what what was cut that's kind of important to know right what Mm -hmm. was removed from the film Mm -hmm. well it was two um, slurs both racial and one of them is the slur the slur was removed from the movie and it's spoken in the movie by gene hackman's character Mm -hmm. and in this sequence um you know anyone who's seen the french connection knows that gene hackman's character is not a very good guy he's anti-semitic he's racist he's all the stuff Mm -hmm. and so on the one hand you might be thinking to yourself well he says a really horrible thing let's remove the horrible thing right that's the one school of thought because there's no doubt in anyone's mind that it's a fucking horrible thing that he said. No one is debating that. I don't think anyone who's mad about this issue is like, put the word back. Like no one's doing that. Um, But on the other hand, you have people who, where if you watch the behind the scenes documentaries on the movie, Roy Schneider, who's also in the film talks about going to the premiere opening day and seeing that scene happen and African American audience members cheer. Mm -hmm. And when they kind of got into like, why, what was that all about? They replied, that's the first time I saw a movie show a New York cop how they really fucking are. Just like that. Just like like the asshole that that guy is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how it is out here. And mm-hmm. so now you have this film moment of cultural yeah. significance that's now erased. Mm-hmm. And you have, you know, I'm sure, di- go, speaking of Disney, they have a lot of stuff in their animated films that they wish they could erase. Yeah, And... We've seen them edit movies before, like Daryl Hannah's Ass and Splash. That was a big one that happened a few years ago.
1: Yeah, they like elongated the hair. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of them, they put content warnings of like... Well, that's, this what, is, that's what I was going to yeah. get
0: into. Max, HBO, originally started removing content, but then they started doing the other route, which I think is the more appropriate, better route, mm-hmm. which is just having a content warning before the thing starts, saying, hey, we're going to show this as it was made because we think that editing it or removing it would be trying to hide how times were how people were at the time and it's not as sensitive as to what it is now but you know we wanted to play it as it was made because I think when you try to hide attitudes or cultures or the way things were from a certain time you're making the problem worse instead of showing how time has progressed and how things have changed well it stops the dialogue from happening too because now
1: there's nothing to dialogue about yeah Mm -hmm.
0: and another example I'll give um, one of my favorite all-time comedies ever. Because I think comedy is the perfect test of this. Mm. How many comedies have you seen where you watch it now and you're like, ooh, that doesn't really work. Good portion of them. You know, and it's yeah. and it's not like, you don't necessarily have a hatred towards the movie now, but it's just a different, a different lens you're watching the movie in. Mm-hmm. And basically, um, The Hangover is one of my favorite comedy movies of all time. I think it's an amazing movie. One of the most quoted jokes in that movie is paging doctor slur for ho- homosexuals homophobic slur. Mm-hmm. And that was quoted all the time when the movie came out some people still quote it mm-hmm. and it's one of those things where when you rewatch that movie and you see that you're just like ooh you know and it's and it's not even a everyone who made this film is a bad person that's just how culturally sensitive we were to that moment in that time. As early as 2009 Mm -hmm. or 2008, I think it was nine Mm -hmm. when the movie came out. And so I'm sure everyone who wrote the movie wouldn't write that line anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm sure everyone who starred in it wouldn't do that anymore. And I'm sure the director wouldn't want to do it anymore if it was now, because people grow, people change. Mm -hmm. But would I edit the joke out of the movie? No, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. because if I'm watching a movie about guys in 2009 and what their attitudes were for that character, I don't want to see it hidden. Like, I want, like you said, that dialogue to happen of like, oh wow, can you believe like people talk like this in 2009? Yeah. And it it wasn't a shock because then you remember 2009, you're like, wow, people would say stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just like the evolution of how people change. And it's a, piece of film history you know
1: well i know another big one that wasn't slur based but i know that uh wasn't there something with like et with steven spielberg yes yes and he yes ed- he edited out guns and yeah. then regretted it and yeah did he edit them back in he did he edited them back in and mm-hmm. was like this is a product of it's, its time, time. Yeah. and i don't want to change that because then that's changing how that time was and it mm-hmm. fe- you know like yeah. it just i don't Ex- know the full quote exactly exactly
0: and, and you know while you try to make a film to be as timeless as you possibly can, yeah. having stuff be part of the time, especially culturally like this, mm-hmm. is not always the worst-case scenario. Like, yes, you can have some things be specific towards time where it doesn't come across well, like the movie uh, Sex Tape with Jason Segel, where it's all about the cloud. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, who knows in how many years how irrelevant that plot's going to be. But in terms of, you know, being culturally sensitive, mm-hmm. I understand that it comes from a good place, whoever's decision it was to edit this out. Yeah. Of trying to be like, I want to see less of this, right? I get it. I think it's a mistake because, one, it shows how people acted at that time. It was a huge cultural moment for people who saw the film. Mm -hmm. And it is a piece of film that needs to stay in history and when you try to erase that history and try to say oh those mistakes never happened then you're taking away growth you're taking away that ability to change and you're erasing how a certain character would act in the story Mm -hmm. you know it's not like they were writing a character that was like oh here's the average everyday person and this is what they do they were talking about cops in new york Mm -hmm. and it was one of the first movies to show that this is a best picture winner yeah you know and so that's that's kind of how I feel on the side of it. I'm a big fan of the disclaimer of like mm-hmm. having a thing come up at the beginning of the movie saying, Hey, this has some culturally insensitive stuff to us now, but at the time it wasn't. And we just want to show this as a proper reflection of what that time was. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean we condone what's in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's a very perfect way to handle that. What are your thoughts on the whole censorship thing? And is this in two things, is this the right call mm-hmm. and should it be corrected? Essentially?
1: I mean, I, I, I agree with you about the, I am a fan of the title card, you know, yeah. all that stuff. And I think, like I've said throughout this conversation, just having that dialogue is important and removing that prevents dialogue from happening because if it's cut out you and you don't know that it's cut out, you're just watching exactly this. And I think that it's something that should be corrected, especially for like the digital users and everything like that. And I could understand to some extent, Timing and T, like if it's on TV, like if the French Connection was right. playing different on thing. ABC, yeah. that's a different thing entirely. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're actually going in and changing something someone purchased and you're going into archives and you're a company like Criterion Channel that's all about preservation and you're allowing that, I think that's an issue because a film is it's art, it's a piece of art, exactly. it's a work, it's mm-hmm. something people put their time into and. When you're altering that art, you know, what was the point? That's not what the artist intended mm-hmm. you to do or to see. Yeah. And the fact that it might be coming from him is what's intriguing. And I feel like that's a whole other conversation of how much power should a director have over the movie yeah. post-release.
0: Mm-hmm. And I want to get into that, too, because that ties directly into Star Wars. Yeah, because, like, did he just wake up in
1: the morning and go, cut it? Yeah, And, like, how... Willingly, can you know, what control mm-hmm. does he have over that? Yeah.
0: And, look, I'll get to Star Wars in a second, but with William Frington, if that's mm-hmm. a lie and it's not a director's edit, that's bad. Mm-hmm. But even if he did do it, I still don't like the idea of it being edited and changed. No, I'd personally. like
1: to see the statement. and
0: I, yeah, I agree. And I'd that. like to see what, what William Frington has to say. Yeah. But going into Star Wars, like, you know, basically leading the argument of, well, is it bad if the director wants to do it? Mm-hmm. I'd argue it still is because I, I don't mind a director's cut. I don't mind a, you know, an, a completely alternate thing that doesn't mean erase What came before, mm-hmm. but that's exactly what George Lucas did. Yeah. In 1997, he made the special edition Star Wars movies and said, by the way, this is Star Wars. Now yeah. what came before in theaters, not a thing. Mm-hmm. It no longer exists. And when he sold it to Disney, that was in the contract that they could not release the original Star Wars under any, like, the trilogy, under any circumstance. Mm -hmm. It's like, that's how important it is to him. And, yes, it's his thing, and at the time, he owned it. But, like, you're changing history, dude. Like, that's not the movie that came out. You know, like, I personally hate that. Like, if they announced tomorrow that they were making a 4K disc of the original theatrical version of A New Hope, which was not even called A New Hope, of Star Wars, I would pay, like, $400 (laughs) to have that. Like, what a piece of film history to have, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. And it was changed just because the director was like, mm, I don't like it and want to change it.
1: How much was changed? I'm not really too... Like there's I, I like, know there's a lot of, like, added CG.
0: That, the only big, big one, other than some sound effects being changed, the c- added yeah. CG, is there's a scene with Han and Boba Fett and mm. um, Jabba the Hutt. And Boba Fett's just in the background. But, like, it's a whole sequence that's not in the original Star Wars. Okay. Oh, and Greedo shooting first. That was another big one oh, that yeah, was added in. That, yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. then Disney Plus, Adam McClunky. McClunky. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's that whole idea of, like, I don't even think, I don't enjoy I that know. idea. Yeah. yeah. I don't enjoy that idea of censorship either. Mm-hmm. Like, because, I mean, you can call it what it is. It's still censorship and editing a thing that already existed, even if it came from the person who did it, mm-hmm. you know. And I I'm not, I don't like it. Well, they're not really censoring anything, are they? That like You, not could, to the extent you of that. could say the Han not shooting first is censoring. Mm. You could argue that. Yeah, I know. to me, it's not even a censoring. I mean, it is. It's I think. Changing. I think you shouldn't censor things, mm-hmm. but it's it's the the editing of something, and then now that original thing does not exist mm-hmm. officially. I do have the despecialized editions that were made a few years ago, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, it either near there anyway. Like I said, the point at the beginning was physical media for life because if you have a Blu-ray and an older Blu-ray, The French Connection, you have the movie. If you have the original VHS of Star Wars, you have the movie. <laughs> Hold on to that. Don't fucking get rid of that.
1: Now, moving forward, mm-hmm. if I go out and buy the French collection today,
0: tomorrow, if they release a new Blu-ray, it'll
1: it'll be edited. Like we that. don't know. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, we'd have to see. I'd be curious. How but that you goes buy it too.
0: anywhere digitally. Now, here's can I throw you a curveball in the story? Mm-hmm. It's only in America. If you do a VPN or you're in another country and you watch French Connection on Disney Plus. It's there. It's there. Huh. It's only America. Isn't that weird? It's also weird. Yeah. It's so weird. I wonder if it was like a legally logistic thing, mm. but it's strange. It's strange. But,
1: we're, they were hoping no one would catch it and like, a yeah, little, yeah, yeah,
0: but, but yeah, I thought that that was an interesting story to bring up. What do you guys think about this idea of censorship and, yeah. you know, specifically with the French Connection? I want to see your comments down below. Uh, Be kind and nice, though. Friendly debate's okay. If you're rude or you say horrific things, you're going to get blocked and deleted. Next, we're going to move on to the B-roll section of our show, where we dive into a little bit of more news, but just kind of the headlines to give you some quick ideas as to what's going on in the world of movies. Nicholas, what's first up on the B-roll?
1: Yes, also apologies for using my phone. I don't have my laptop today. (laughs) Our first story, um, Captain America 4 starring Anthony Mackie has received a new title change, changing from Captain America New World Order. Two, Captain America, Brave New
0: World. My two quick thoughts are this. Mm. I'm very sad that there will no longer be a Hulk Hogan cameo that I was hoping for with the New World Order. <laughs> and two, Brave New World, thematically, amazing title. I hate that book, though. <laughs> hey, there <laughs> might be book. a Hulk in it named Hogan. Oh, you never know. Oh, yeah. you never know. But, <laughs> but like the the concept of the book and the idea... Yeah. With the the Captain America, I think I think it's a good a good idea.
1: I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. Um, our next story, uh, follow up to kind of uh, the episode where we talked about Superman casting rumors. Yes, While Deadline is officially reporting that screen testing is going to be happening. Oh, yes. later this week. This so later on Tuesday. Later this mm-hmm. week. Um, the people testing for Lois Lane are Emma Mackey, Rachel Brosnahan, and Phoebe Dinever. Mm-hmm. and the actors testing for Superman are Nicholas Holt. David Cornsweet and Tom Brittany. So, the one we reported on was ended up being correct.
0: Yes. I'm rooting for my boy, David. I really like I'm, the idea of
1: David Cornsweet and Rachel Brosnahan. I'm
0: rooting for my boy, David. I
1: think that would be a great pairing.
0: I agree with you. Yes. Emma Mackie, I think, would also be great. I'm unfamiliar with the third actress.
1: Mm-hmm. I know Bridgerton was big, though. Yeah, and yeah. I'm
0: also unfamiliar with the Tom. Tom Brittany. Yes. Yeah. Nicholas Holt, he can do anything. Cast him as Lex if you don't like him as Superman. But... Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Go off. Um David Cornsweat. I'm rooting for him all the way just because when we saw Pearl in theaters and he yeah. showed up, I was like, he'd be a good Superman. And so if that <laughs> happens, holy shit. That's so funny. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Could
1: I? Um Uh this next one's more of a rumor coming from uh Jeff Snyder. Uh Matt yes. Reeves is considering Joel Edgerton. We love Joel Edgerton.
0: Mm-hmm. Or Josh Hartnett to play Harvey Dent in the Batman part two. Yes. So this comes from the hot mic with John Rocha and Jeff Snyder, who's yes. famously got some scoops. And he did say that this one is more of a, this is what I'm hearing yeah. is going on. Not like an official like scoop scoop. Mm-hmm. But I um, thought it was interesting enough because we like both. those. Yes. Actors. Both of them are great choices. Josh Hartnett
1: was the one in the Guy Ritchie movie, right? Yes. That just came out. Yes.
0: Wrath of man. And he's in operation, operation fortune. fortune. Yeah. Right on. Both great choices. Yeah. We love Joel Tim. <sighs> this Uh-oh. next story
1: comes for us from Variety. Okay. Netflix has had the largest spike in user signups since January twenty nineteen after they introduced their new anti password sharing crackdown rules.
0: All you guys had to fucking do was hold the line. That's all you had to do. We couldn't do it. We couldn't hold the line <laughs> and now it's working. God damn it, guys. We had it. We had it. We just had to not sign up. (laughs) Then their stock price would have plummeted, and they would have reversed the decision. Now now we're screwed. We're screwed now. It's
1: lost. Uh, Next one's come from the uh, Hollywood Reporter email blog that they send out. Yeah, the newsletter. Uh, Members of the Authority will appear in Superman Legacy. So that's kind of building into James Gunn's DCU. Yeah, How he mentioned that one of the first projects they'll be tackling obviously Superman legacy, but also the authority. So clearly he wants to start combining things early.
0: Yes. And I mean, that, that's not, that's not surprising to me, especially with the superpowers of the authority. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he's going to direct the authority. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Although I also wouldn't be surprised if he didn't, because mm-hmm. I think he might direct Superman as like the pilot of his universe and then not direct anything else
1: i can imagine being in small like I, I feel like we're gonna get a superman origin him coming to earth and then mm. probably the end is like we've been watching you yeah good job yeah we're here if you need us yeah and then they just like fuck yeah. off. yeah
0: yeah and then because you know they're gonna lead up to some big fight with superman and the authority oh yeah but yeah that'll be interesting uh
1: next uh story comes to us from that same uh email chain uh, a new leprechaun movie is in the works at Lionsgate. <laughs> why not why the fuck not dude why, why why not Um, this next one is a fun one okay uh, Kevin Smith we love Kevin oh yes Smith, we love Kevin Smith has revealed one that the Joel Schumacher cut of Batman forever <laughs> does in fact exist and two that he has seen it
0: Nick I'm gonna let you do your thing I'm gonna let you finish simply release it I for new subscribers yes Nick's f- favorite Batman movie is Batman Forever. He has this weird sentimental attachment to it. It's a great movie. He loves it. Fantastic. And uh, thoughts on the cut existing and Kevin watching it?
1: Simply release it. That's my <laughs> thoughts. I would like them to just release it so that I could also see it and be yeah. like Kevin
0: Smith. Yeah. Although I think he mentions that the version he watched isn't done. That's fine. Finish it and release it.
1: <laughs> Easy. Yes. I'll still cherish the one I
0: have. How cool to be if at Comic-Con this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't get into Hall H for DC. There's no way. Mm -hmm. I'm not waiting in the line again. But how cool would it be if at Comic-Con this year they do the whole DCU lineup Mm -hmm. and then this is wish fulfillment and James Gunn goes, but I know there's some fans of like all DC and we're fans of all DC so I got two things coming at you. I got the Joel Schumacher cut of Batman Forever coming to max and I got the David Ayer Suicide Squad coming (laughs) to max.
1: That would be nice. Listen, I would love both of those but man... I just want to see if there's actually... Because I know what Batman Forever is. Come on. We've all seen it, right? Mm-hmm. I just want to... I'm just morbidly curious about what I'll is, tell you this. exists.
0: I know that Batman Forever is extremely important to you. Mm. If they release this movie, just text me and give me 15 minutes, and I'll be over. And I'll be wherever you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I won't make you wait, but I do want to watch it with you. <laughs> Listen. I'll buy Max for whoever
1: wants it <laughs> if they release it so they could see it. Yes. Don't hold me to that. This is not illegal. You can't. That won't hold up. You heard it up, here, folks. That won't hold up in court. <laughs> so it might actually. That was a joke.
0: For legal reasons, that was a joke. <laughs> uh, cut out those four seconds. <laughs> We're going to censor the episode We're gonna censor cut those know, four, four seconds out. Jeez uh but yeah but yeah and uh i believe that was all we had on the b-roll that is so now we're gonna move on to the box office the box office section of our show uh can you pull up our predictions
1: yes i can all right dalton yes you had spider-man across the spider-verse transformers rise of the beasts the little mermaid boogeyman and guardians I went a little nutty, and I did Spider-Man, Little Mermaid, Transformers, <laughs> Boogeyman, and Guardians. I feel like we're
0: both wildly wrong. We were both wrong. Um, surprisingly, pleasant surprise, Transformers did end up making number one at the box office, making $60 million. We Ooh. were wrong about that. We said last episode it's not going to make sixty. Made $60 million. Opening weekend, again, these are Sunday estimates. The final Monday numbers will be in the description. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse made $55 million, dropping 54% from Week 1 to Week 2. It's right where you want to be. The Little Mermaid made another $22.7 million. Guardians of the Galaxy 3 made another $7 million. And the Boogeyman came in fifth, making another $6.9 million. That could easily be a flip-flop. When it comes to the final Monday numbers, we'll see. So naturally, we're going to dive into the numbers a little bit more here. We're going to do Transformers last because I have some fun comparisons to do. But let's first dive into Spider-Man Across Spider-Verse. That movie worldwide has already made $389 million. It has already surpassed the full worldwide total of the first film. And uh, it's looking like it's going to go well past 500, million, maybe even $600 million worldwide, which is very good for that movie. Especially on a box or a production budget of a hundred million, it's already made three point nine times its budget. Excuse me. That's very good for that movie. hmm Coming up next is the Little Mermaid. Whew, sorry guys, it's late. <laughs> um has now had a worldwide total of four hundred and fourteen million dollars. On a budget of 250, it's still at 1.7 times budget. It's going to probably just barely get to profitability, but it will be a money maker, and I expect this will do really well on streaming and on um, PVOD.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 has officially crossed 800 million dollars worldwide Ooh. at 805 on a budget of 250. It's made 3.2 times its budget back. Um, I think this one will kind of start to see this movie die out. It might get to 820, maybe. Yeah, but. We're right at the end there. And it's that's not getting the billion. No, but that that they shouldn't be upset by that. This is a very good total no, for them. Outperformed Ant Man quite a lot, didn't it? By, almost by double. Yeah. And the boogeyman, which I believe last time we set it a thirty million dollar budget. Let me make sure. Mm-hmm. Thirty-five million dollar budget. Mm-hmm. Um and it has made thirty nine million worldwide so far. So made the budget back. It still has a f- little bit to go to get that two point five, but it's still in the top five of the box office doing not bad. Mhm. Now let's dive into Transformers, that old the old reliable franchise.
1: Listen, I did the graphics that you're going to see. Mhm. Uh, pop up here in a minute, and when I tell you I was shocked by the Rotten Tomato scores versus how much the movies made. And how well they did, yeah. Yes, and, and you, it was but, And you could see
0: why after 5, they were like fuck this franchise, and yeah. the best one didn't do well. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's go. Transformers Rise of the Beast, worldwide as of now, has made 170. It'll probably be at 200 by Tuesday, mm-hmm. um, which is not bad. On a production budget of 195, so it still has some while to go, but I think it'll hit profitability. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bumblebee... Uh, did not do that well, unfortunately. Even though it's great, mm-hmm. uh, Bumblebee made a worldwide total of four sixty-five on a production budget of a hundred and two. It cost more. Wait, no, it didn't. It was hundred ninety-five percent. Transformers to be, it's not ninety-five. The brain and the way it works when it's tired. Uh, it did make four point six times its budget, which is very successful and very good. Mm-hmm. But for a Transformers movie, not pleased was universal although they should be because that's a hell of a total for its budget yeah. and it as where travis knight who's awesome by the way <laughs> and uh the reason why you might be thinking well why would they feel that that was an underperformer well <laughs> let's pull up the other one shall we uh the first Transformers movie from 2007 not the animated film made worldwide 708 million dollars on a budget of 150 made 4.7 times the budget back not bad. It's about the same as Bumblebee in terms of uh, how much money it made and re- re- relevant to its budget. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Transformers Two, one of the worst movies I've ever seen, made eight hundred and thirty-six million dollars worldwide on a budget of two ten. Four times the budget back. Yeah, it's doing not bad. Doing and not more
1: bad. worldwide than yes, first. yes, yes,
0: absolutely. Transformers: Dark of the Moon, the okay. last one that I saw before bumblebee really this is where i tapped out (laughs) made 1.1 billion dollars on a budget of 195 making 5.8 times its budget back transformers age of extinction with marky mark 1.1 billion dollars on a budget of 210 5.3 times its budget back and transformers the last night also with marky mark Mm -hmm. 602 so that one took a that that's when people were like fuck this we gave the last one a billion I'm yeah not doing it again on a budget of 217 only making 2.8 times the budget back
1: still profitable yeah
0: so Bumblebee movie did better than i thought it did, actually which i'm happy with mm-hmm. um yeah but not even close to a billion no <laughs> no and just for funsies transformers the movie from 1986 made five million dollars in theaters <laughs> <laughs> they animated one yeah <laughs> and it's because they traumatize kids everywhere for those of you that don't know, spoiler alert from an animated movie that came out in the eighties. Um, basically Hasbro just wanted to sell new Transformers toys. So they opened the movie with all of the Transformers getting murdered except for Bumblebee. <laughs> and then they just introduced all new Transformers so they could sell more toys. Further proof
1: Bumblebee's everyone's favorite. <laughs> yes. Yes. Even Optimus.
0: Yeah, I think but they did. Funny. I think they did. I have to remember. Mm-hmm. But it's been a lot it's been so long since I've watched yeah. it. But uh but yeah. Um that's kind of the history of the Transformers franchises. And as you've seen from those Rotten Tomato scores, quite a funny journey that we've been on. But uh, but yeah, I'm glad that they're bouncing back. The last two have been really solid. Mm-hmm. And the next one's going to be a uh, very, very fun adventure for what they got going on at the end of that second, uh, I almost said the second Transformers movie, which in this new universe it is, but now they're trying to say it's not a new universe. Transformers Rise of the Beast. The next Transformers movie that comes out after Rise of
1: the Beast. Will be quite fun if it makes enough money to justify it which i, I think, I think, it, think will. it will i think I it think will i think it will yeah yeah i'm not too worried about that i mean that it got an a minus cinema score i saw that which that's was that's true which is good is and
0: on, how much did and bumblebee only opened at 20 right mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think golden. it'll be fine mm-hmm. um i mean it's got a hold over summer but i think that that won't be an issue yeah so yeah that's the little history of the transformers franchise there mm. uh, you know the one thing i think about when i think about like the original transformers trilogy mm-hmm how similar and this is not a knock or a praise of either movie because they both came out around the same time because I think Avengers came out the year after the third acts of those movies are shockingly similar <laughs> of the first Transformers of Transformers 3 and the Avengers
1: that guy sends a bunch of aliens to earth yep to a oh. big
0: city and I th- although I think Transformers at Chicago okay I don't remember I'm I've only sure. I've only seen it a couple times it's been a long time. And, and I tapped out after that one before Bumblebee. I still haven't seen four and five. I've heard mm-hmm. they're they're just terrible.
1: Is it four or five Age of Extinctions when they have the uh, Dinobots, right?
0: I think so. Would no, make five? It, that
1: would make more sense with Extinction. Yeah. No, because I think last night's like really focused on just Optimus.
0: Okay. I, I don't know. I haven't seen them. I don't
1: recall. Yeah.
0: I just remember when the tra- when the trailer came out for four, and I was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I'm tired. I'm, in. I'm yeah. tired. I'm done. <laughs> uh, but yes, but yes. Uh, this was quite the fun journey of an episode today. Yes, it was. Oh, we've already seen The Flash, so uh, you'll have our spoiler review next Monday. Not an out of theater. We're no, we already did movie. an out of yeah, theater for already, Flash. Which
1: we will put in the description of this video.
0: Yes. Oh, I hope I remember that. <laughs> and I'll do it. I got you. Thanks, buddy. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we see another movie other than Flash this weekend, which I'm going to try, I think The Blackening comes out, which I oh, really, really want to see. really funny. And there's a... Hold on. I'm going to see mm-hmm. what comes out, because there, I know there's other movies that come out. Oh, my God. We got to do our predictions. Holy shit. We almost left without our <laughs> predictions.
1: Guys, we're sorry. This episode's it's, off the it's rails. It's so
0: late. If you knew how late it was right now, <laughs> you'd be like, why are you guys doing this? <laughs> Do you want to go first? (laughs) I will go first. Hold on. Let me let me clarify what else comes out this weekend. Okay. Flash Elemental. Fuck, dude. I thought Elemental was with. I thought it was too. It's not. It's this weekend. Oh, what about that? And the Blackening. Okay. 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 Um. All right. Fuck, dude. This is going to be an interesting box office. (laughs) Elemental comes out June 16th. Yeah, that's this weekend. <laughs> well, all right, then. <laughs> um. Okay. Coming in first. Oh, this is tough, dude. Coming in first is going to be The Flash. Okay. I think it's going to open to like 70 or 80. Coming in second.
1: Hmm, hmm, hmm.
0: I'm going to do it. Yeah. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Ooh. Coming in third, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Coming in fourth, Elemental. Coming in fifth, Little Mermaid. Okay. Dude, this is tough as fuck. It's go- getting rid of Guardians and Boogeyman.
1: I'm going Flash. Okay. I'm going.
0: Ooh. I have reasons for I don't think why Elemental will do well. I'm going to go Flash. I'm going to go Transformers. Okay.
1: I'm going to go 55 if it gets another drop. 25, right? Mm I'm going to go Spider. I'm going to go Elemental. And I'm going to go Mermaid.
0: All right, so tell me yours again.
1: Flash Transformers Spider Element. So we just flipped. Uh, I have Transformers uh, yeah. still being higher than Spider Man. I think Man.
0: Spider Man's gonna have a, a strong hold this next weekend. Mm-hmm. The reason why I think Elemental will not do great is because one, the reviews for a Pixar movie have been pretty lackluster, mm-hmm. and they've been training through the pandemic people to stay home for Pixar movies, and they haven't been sh- doing that well That's recently. What happened with uh, Lost L- World and Lightyear, yeah. So, yeah. I think it might not open as high as they want it to. But, yeah, god damn, dude. That's going to be tough. There's a lot Exciting happening. Exciting
1: times, yeah. yeah. There's so much. I'm so behind on everything, too, now that those are coming out because mm-hmm. I do want to see them. But.
0: Could you could you imagine if Flash didn't open number one? That'd be
1: pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty kind of funny, actually. It'd be so be, funny. It'd be really funny. Just funny. Just <laughs> because of the money they've spent on this ca- <laughs> this
0: ad campaign? Oh, boy. I'm excited to see the little bits that they cut out of the screening we went to, though. Yeah, how much we missed. Yeah. But anyway, regardless, I'm excited. We're all excited. Mm -hmm. We'll be on the channel this weekend and next week. Um, Oh, you may have noticed last week I experimented with posting the show just at midnight Pacific time, 3 a.m. Eastern, Mm -hmm. because I just want to say the show comes out on Tuesday. Yeah. So we're going to keep doing that for a while and experiment with it and see if it goes well. If it does, we'll keep doing it. If not, we'll go back but uh, let us know what you guys think of when it drops and what you like about it or dislike about it. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for watching and we'll see you next time.